Welcome to the Weekly Investment Outlook podcast from Deutsche Bank's International Private Bank, looking at the most important issues for investors in the week ahead. Hello and welcome to this very special edition of the CIO Weekly Investment Outlook podcast. Actually, we can't call it a Weekly Investment Outlook podcast, really. It's a middle-of-the-week outlook, um, and I'm joined by our Chief Investment Officer in Asia-Pacific. It's Stephanie Holtzer-Jen, who's back for some holidays and Stephanie, we have a whole lot to talk about. And in particular, I wanted to start today's podcast talking about the um, uh, Chinese uh, Communist Party Congress and what's happened off the back of that. We're obviously not going to talk about politics in this podcast. We want to talk about market moves. And the markets, of course, have been moving, Stephanie. So really great that you've got uh, the time to join me on the podcast today. Um, but how's your reaction been? Let's start with that. Yes, we saw very outsized moves at the start of the week, um, digesting the outcome of the National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party um, on Sunday. And really, um, the outcome itself didn't surprise us so much. It was more the outsized market reaction to it, which gave away that there was obvious on different sides, um, geographical sides of the world, there had been different expectations maybe as to what could be delivered at that meeting. So um, we had, and it was delivered as expected, of course, seen um, the re-election of President Xi Jinping as a party leader and the other leadership changes. There was no expectations from our end around a drop in or any big announcement around zero COVID policy. For sure, um, um, this is not something you would want to announce uh, before the re-leadership transition has actually concluded in March next year. There was also um, no specific mention around uh, the property sector, which apparently now in hindsight, uh, some investors um, apparently expected. Um, so, of course, these are, you know, the two immediate economic problems, COVID and the property sector that President Xi um, is uh, facing. And he only briefly noted, um, actually, uh, the past achievements of the governments on the COVID policy, um, but he did not comment on the future. And he also did not repeat the housing is for living in, not for speculation phrase, but then you, we actually could fear, um, see it flagging up in the work report later. But that obviously wasn't uh, enough. Uh, for some of the market participants. And we think especially the US um, investor base most probably had some disappointment. As you can see that actually the sell-off in the NASDAQ golden dragon China index was much more pronounced than what we've seen here in the A and H shares. Yeah, yeah Sefi, so much to, to digest there. And thank you for laying it out for us. I wanted to start actually, um, before we jump into that, that market reaction, and it was significant. We also had, didn't we, some macroeconomic data out of China um, just after the Congress. How did you uh, read that? And then perhaps let's segue that into um, the impact on the markets. Yeah, and that is so interesting that you mentioned that because it is a very stark reflection of the sentiment uh, we're seeing that is very negative. So you see that uh, every negative news or any absence of news is way 10 more times negative than anything positive because these macroeconomic data that you just managed that uh, mentioned that came out on Monday um, were actually much more positive uh, than the market had expected. So we had the GDP growth um, at 3.9% year on year in the th uh, third quarter. 
um, we had also, um, you know, industrial output gathering pace in September and even retail sales volumes improving a bit uh, quarter on quarter. And that amidst an expectation that, of course, the zero COVID policy would see uh, macroeconomic uh, outcomes uh, more negatively. But then again, you know, you could also argue the market is always uh, in a fast forward move and doesn't look back too much. But I just feel it's a pity that, um, you know, even positive uh, real data isn't been uh, valued at all. Yeah. But um, yeah, looking at where the market is now, and that's actually a very important part um, to the point I want to make is we have seen um, the MSE, MSCI China falling now um, a lot this year, right? We are now at the lowest level since the mid 2009. And uh, we had PE multiple declining to 8.9 times, which makes it one of the cheapest major stock markets globally. And um, the current valuations, at, the, at these current valuations, actually the index trades at a 20% discount to its 10 year median. So, and if you look at the discount to the MSCI world, um, that stands at 38%, which represents the 12th percentile over the last 20 years. So, you know, of course, um, again, looking forward, cheap valuations do not uh, mean that you are immune against any further market weakness. But I guess, um, you know, it gives some comfort that there's a cushion against more downside, given the correction we have already seen, and that outsized um, market move on the back of little new takeaways and it is actually a, a kind of, um, um, you're not even looking at the positive news that we got on that day. Stephanie, this is so interesting. It sounds almost opposite to the uh, economic data and situation uh, where I sit here in, in the UK, actually, and uh, across the broader European continent, and even in the US, which is which is cloudy. I mean, we've, we've said that, and, and I know you're uh, CIO view is uh, the expectation of uh, of difficult conditions ahead um, in the, in the next year. But if I listen to you and uh, let me go out on a limb here, Stephanie, because uh, we're talking about a, a pretty significant dip um, in overall valuations. You look back, and of course, markets look forward. But let's take that positive news. You look back at some uh, fairly decent uh, macro data, as you pointed out. Is, is this is the recommendation here to 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 jump in to buy this dip that we're seeing in China um, and take advantage of uh, hopefully better days ahead in the markets? The recommendation is uh, definitely to stay tuned and watch um, um, for these levels, and especially you mentioned the relative uh, attractiveness that we have compared to other um, economic uh, outcomes in the US and the Eurozone in particular. If you look at this region and China in particular, there is uh, more room to the upside um, when it comes to economic uh, developments uh, going forward. So what we urge and what we recommend is to, of course, um, you know, take uh, these market moves for what they are and then uh, admit that the, the reality is there is uh, downside left and uh, there's disappointment and some investor base still takes different perspectives and obviously has the need uh, to still um, um, take off some of those positions, maybe even uh, as we go into year end, de-risk a little more. But if you look at it from a medium and longer term perspective, these are now... Um, uh, levels that offer interesting opportunities, especially if you look at 
um, the sectors and the themes that are here to stay. So just to pick a few out, and these are also the themes uh, that we see in other parts of the world, but even more so as we know that the central government is determined to make investments into these, you know, namely, for instance, infrastructure, um, healthcare, um, security, the independence in regards to IT um, and, 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 you know, all that space. I just want to give you one more um, data point. So for instance, um, we also um, reiterated our preference for Chinese IT and internet stocks in a, in a piece we published just yesterday um, because um, they have actually capitalized on their superior market position and grown EPS at an annual rate of 15% since 2010. And at the current prices, the Chinese IT sector trades at a PE multiple of 11 times, which is less than half of the 10-year median. You know, and compares to a P multiple of 19.5 times that US IT stocks are traded on. So, you know, let's keep things in perspective. Let's make sure we, we realize the themes and topics. And for instance, I haven't mentioned things around, uh, you know, sustainability, uh, sustainable living, renewable energy, uh, climate change. These are all agendas that are also been laid out um, um, in, in, in this region and in China in particular. So um, definitely... Um, it's important to, um, to if you haven't invested yet, start looking at these levels, be proactive, you know, get our advice most probably and, uh, and don't shy away um, uh, in this market um, and look at opportunities in the Chinese space. Indeed. Stephanie Holtzogen, our Chief Investment Officer in Asia Pacific. It's, uh, it's so great to speak to you. It's one of the real joys that I have in this job to speak to CIOs from all over the world. And in particular today, with so much important news coming out of Asia and particularly China to give us that perspective, and especially that comparative perspective, uh, perspective um, when we look at other markets all around the world. And, and this you know, time is such an, an interesting period to look at the China and the broader Asia opportunity. So appreciate you laying that out. We'll put the link to the report that you speak of published just yesterday into our show notes for those um, listeners that would like some more information. Uh, you can look into that one uh, via the, any platform. So looking forward to that. But Stephanie, thank you very much for joining us. This has been a special edition of the CIO Weekly Investment Outlook podcast with Stuart Haslam and Stephanie Holtzogen, our CIO in Asia Pacific. Bye for now and thanks very much for listening. In Europe, Middle East and Africa, as well as in Asia Pacific, this material is considered marketing material, but this is not the case in the US. No assurance can be given that any forecast or target can be achieved. Forecasts are based on assumptions, estimates, opinions and hypothetical models which may prove to be incorrect. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Performance refers to a nominal value based on price gains, losses, and does not take into account inflation. Inflation will have a negative impact on the purchasing power of this nominal monetary value. Depending on the current level of inflation, this may lead to a real loss in value, even if the nominal performance of the investment is positive. Investments come with risk. The value of an investment can fall as well as rise, and you might not get back the amount originally invested at any point in time. Your capital may be at risk. The services described in this podcast are provided by Deutsche Bank AG or by its subsidiaries and or affiliates in accordance with appropriate local legislation and regulation. Deutsche Bank AG is subject to comprehensive supervision by the European Central Bank, ECB, by Germany's Federal Financial Supervisory Authority, BaFin, and by Germany's Central Bank, Deutsche Bundesbank.
Brokerage services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated, a broker-dealer and registered investment advisor which conducts investment banking and securities activities in the United States. Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated is a member of FINRA, NYSC and SIPC. Lending and banking services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Trust Company Americas, member FDIC and other members of the Deutsche Bank Group. The products, services, information and or materials referred to within this podcast may not be available for residents of certain jurisdictions. Copyright 2022 Deutsche Bank AG and or its subsidiaries. All rights reserved. This podcast may not be used, reproduced, copied or modified without the written consent of Deutsche Bank AG.